<laughs> Manchester today, but we, um, I, I think we're up and running. I cool. think we're up and running. I can hear you, yeah, I hear you loud and clear, Matt. I thought you were going to say you had one or two beers then for a second. But, no, no, no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, no. Yep, uh, yeah, good to, good to speak to you. Um, this is Ed Draper, sports journalist broadcaster, talking to Tom McDermott, another sports journalist in the UK with a penchant for Manchester United in particular, United End um, blogger and has a podcast as well. So, Tom, I suppose we're going to talk about the World Cup. So excited. So excited. I've just actually been, um, I think I'm viewing it in, Slightly different light being a parent, I think, like yourself. Yeah. Um, some under sevens and just the different shirts and parents speaking to me <laughs> about, you know, the enjoyment and seeing different nationalities compete. What really struck me was um, one one couple who, who brought their child down this evening and they were so excited because they had absolutely no interest in football and because their son had just started playing football this sort of uh, school year, if you like. They're so yeah. geared up for the new season. Uh, sorry, for the World Cup, rather. And there's just, you know, they're just, they could just see the excitement over the face. And I thought, actually, in many ways, just like the Olympics, people don't have to be, follow it all the way through, you know, sort of grow, through, growing up and through their childhood, et cetera. But on these big, these big events, it's just, it's, it's, it's great to see so many different people from different backgrounds and different sporting interests and different, you know, different walks and different businesses and, and all sorts yeah. coming together and watching it. So that really hit it home tonight. But, from a personal point of view, it, it, it... what 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 age were that? What age, age were those kids? Oh, under seven, we, under seven. So it's five and seven. six year olds. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. So I was thinking, the, yeah, I was talking about the sweet spot with a guy Adam Leventhal at Sky, and we were talking about that that first tournament that breaks through, and it, we kind of think it is sort of between usually what between six and ten. I think it's the first World Cup that lands in that in that period. But I guess if those lads are around football being coached by you guys and maybe it comes a little bit earlier but it seems to be kind of where, where it, it falls in your, in your yeah I think maybe. so I think the um the years have been kinder to yourself than, than me especially if the the, the hairline the hairline's <laughs> in it together but I think I'm right in saying uh we're sort of a similar I think we see 1990 our first yeah I've just yeah yeah, I just turned 37, but yeah, I was sort of eight coming on nine in, in 1990. And that was, I remember, I sort of, I followed the league a couple of years before. And I remember, obviously, United won the FA Cup 1990. Uh, that was my dad's team. And I'd kind of taken them on board. But the World Cup, I think, I'd always played football as a kid, but it almost the World Cup as a viewer gripped me for the first time. It was just that concept, I think, of like, say, the teams yeah. from around the world, the different colours and the, the Pavarotti music and just everything kind of. Struck actually came alive in a sense at that at that time of World Cup, and it took over. It was it, it was, was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think it was we were kind of treated to Elton Wellesby once a week, weren't we, on a Sunday ITV big match <laughs> or whatever it was, and then so to get yeah. this this huge event, we you just all seemed to come together, like you say, with the music, with the. I even remember watching part of the opening ceremony, and it wasn't just just England k- kicking off the you know their fixtures and looking for the sort of English players that I, I recognised. It was just the you know Argentina Cameroon the first game. I remember my mum was training to be a nurse at the time, and we 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 dropped yeah. her, we dropped her at York District Hospital because we were living over in York and uh, getting back, and the Argentina Camero- Cameroon game was on. And it was like my dad was telling me how good Maradona was and how good the Argentinian, the you know the South American flair, and then Cameroon just yeah, came Cameroon. in and, and ruined the party. And, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? And you know we see it in, in you know, in more recent years, Senegal beat beat France, didn't they? Yeah, um, yeah. not so long ago. So 
And Spain went out, Spain went out in the group stages last time, didn't they? As defending champions, I think. And that's that's the fascinating thing about the World Cup. And not that we're going to, you know, there's always that kind of eight year old boy inside that jumps up and down, thinks England can can do it. But watching some of the, the, the amazing stuff on the History Channel this week, the the Road to Turin documentary, the One Night in Turin. Yeah documentary stuff like that and you look back at it and you sort of forget that England came in and the press back then was brutal you know they kind of lambasted the team they lambasted the manager and called him a traitor because he was moving on even though he hadn't been offered a new contract after the end of the World Cup and yet they kind of toiled to that one all draw didn't they against Republic Ireland that's right then played all right against Holland, but it was a nil-nil draw. And then scraped past Egypt with big Mark Wright getting that flicked header 1-0. Yeah. And then it all kind of took off. But even then, we only got past Belgium 1-0. I know that was a decent Belgium team. But you kind of think, in, in hindsight, we sort of we lionised these players. But actually, all those games, even when it's either getting knocked out or staying in, it's such a, a sort of... It's a roller coaster. A, a fine margin. It's a roller coaster. And I think so many little little things clicked, clicked into place there. I think... There was a change of formation, wasn't there, by Bobby Robson? Maybe after the, the yeah. was it the, the the Republic of Ireland draw? Was it one one? Was that the first game? And then it was yeah, the Dutch. Did that wasn't and I it? think he went to a sweeper. Yeah, I think he brought Mark Wright in for to be a sweeper actually after that against Holland, and that worked. They, they obviously nil nil draw. But I think they played really well against against Holland. In That's the game. right. Yeah, um, but just going back to the earlier point, in many ways, you know, there were so many similarities because. Bobby Robson was, or Sir Bobby Robson was, he was, you know, almost crucified for sorting himself out with a new contract. Uh, sorry, you're looking for a, a new job with PSV, but you've seen what's happened today with the Spanish manager. He's been, um, yeah. he's been hung out to dry, hasn't it? So, you know, it's it's different eras, but still the same old problems. Managers looking for jobs and always having an eye on, on the future. But yeah. See, it seems, it seems mad, not to, especially with the Spain squad and the fact that they haven't lost in two years, have they? <laughs> to sort of well, like, it just makes you wonder. Yeah, I mean, I was reading your tweet with just last night. It just makes you wonder why it kind of came out when it did, really. Yeah. Um, There's some speculation that it might be his agent or something like that that potentially leaked it. And I don't know. I mean, it's. I mean, the Real Madrid job, it's a, it's a great job, but it's a job for 10 minutes. Of course it is, yeah. Yeah, unless yeah. you're in but, but we've seen these big big teams, um, or these big countries, rather, Italy spring to mind. Um, when they won the yeah. World Cup, they were very much up against it. They came into the tournament under a cloud, of course, and they kind of, that galvanised yes. them, didn't it? That was, that was, I think they used that pressure they were under. Um, I think it was the match fixing, wasn't it? And, and those allegations yeah. and all that. And they came into it and they won it. So maybe, you know, maybe you don't need a, a, a tactical master to, to lead you to um, success at World Cup. Maybe it's somebody... There's almost, there's almost a click, isn't there? There's almost something that... For England, I guess, in 90, it was, the, it was the David Platt goal. And I think even going back to 66, the team, they drew nil-nil with Uruguay in the first match. I was looking back at that. Yeah. And these kind of thing... Um, it, they're always very close to games. Even 2002, you know, I think we drew with Nigeria. England drew with Nigeria and um, Sweden, was it? In the yep. And then yeah. we sort of scraped through, got a win in the third game and then ultimately went out against Brazil. But that Brazil team was frightening in retrospect. We were quite critical of England and, and Sven at the time. Yeah. But to lose only 2-1 to some of those guys, Ronaldinho and Rivaldo and people like that. Euro um, 96 as well, I don't know, it's a different ways. tournament, quite a, a World Cup, but I think it was it yeah. Shearer was under massive pressure. I think he went into the tournament almost 18 months, two years, you might be able to correct me, without a goal or without a competitive yeah. goal. I think England yeah. obviously is the host nation club, but I think it was a uh, it was quite a stale 1-1 draw, wasn't it, against Switzerland? And yeah, it was a, it was a dull first game, wasn't it? And then again, it was Holland that kind of ignited it. That, I mean, that must be the best. I don't know, as an England fan, that must be the best game I can remember, apart from the Germany game in the group stages. But there's a sense in 2001 in the qualifying, sorry, that 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 was a pretty weak yeah. German team, and it was Janker. Yeah. And I think, but that Netherlands team was was good, and to do it actually, it clicked, didn't it? I think it clicked that that that, that, yeah. that evening. Um, I just I just remembered it, but yeah, but but memories like that, they're they're what 
it's, it's what I think frustrates me when when people say they've they're a bit disillusioned with international football because we're going to see so many great moments from so many different countries. And I just hope, and I just fingers crossed, I think the build-up's been fantastic. I think Gareth, Gareth Southgate and his team, the way they've opened up um, St. George's yeah. part to the media in a similar way to the, what the NFL do, I think that was a fantastic idea. The seams, certainly mm. from the outside looking in, um, I mean, we'll perhaps we'll have to get Chris Scudder back on later in the, later in the tournament. <laughs> he's been muzzled. He, he has, yeah. Well, I, I keep so seeing another apparently. another picture here, there, and everywhere. So I know he's definitely in Russia. He's not hiding from us. But um, <laughs> hope, hopefully, you know. But he's dining. He's dining with he's, Putin. He's doing. Yeah. Tonight, he's, so yeah. He's, well, let's not rule it out. Um, yeah, I think that just the the feeling and the buzz around it. But the team at the moment, it, it does feel slightly different. I think they've they've thought. You know what? Let's let's go out there. Let's try and express ourselves. Let's kind of try and you know play like we did against Costa Rica last week in, in a tournament situation, rather than worrying about losing the ball or having a fear of defeat or yeah. worrying about what happens if we go a goal down and how people might react. Let's let's go and play our own game to a certain extent and worry about how what we're going to do and let other teams you know worry about how we Definitely. approach it. But but we'll see, won't we? It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting what you said earlier and touched upon is the, well, Southgate stuff actually the openness and I think when I spoke when I came through working at BBC London and I remember talking about you know press conferences we got every week to press conferences but how it was always kind of regimented to get a manager at tops a player even if you were going down to to Brentford in the in the Championship sure. or League One or whatever there at the moment and then. You know, I remember speaking to a chap who'd worked there since the 90s, Phil Parry, he'd worked for Capital in that time. So that when you went to Arsenal pre, I think even the George Graham era, you would be able to go to the canteen and just have a chat at a different yeah. angle, get a different sense of someone, their backstory, you know, wife, kids, whatever it is, their interests. And you'd, you'd get a different story each week. And I think maybe Southgate's cotton on to something. He's quite a bright guy that actually, by sort of breaking down that barrier, actually you probably relax the situation a lot more and, and involve people and people understand the players more. And I think st- putting Sterling up for those interviews was great because it kind of killed all that negative stuff around him because he just owned up to it and was just straight batted it and said that he's, he's focused on the tournament. So I thought that was... Yeah, that no, was I agree. I, th- I think, it, I think yeah, it's a, it's a great point because I think that what, what he's done as well is he's basically spread the pressure amongst the group. I mean, pressure is probably not the way yeah. to do it. You know, we're not all focusing... On Sterling and what he can bring, or Kane. You got a story, um, a great story from um, Danny Rose about how he's overcome depression. We heard about mm. Carl Walker, his favourite position. We heard from Sterling yeah. about what he expects from himself. A bit on Kane, Eric Dyer was in there. Butland about his battle with Pickford, and rather yeah. than just having one kind of angle to focus on, be it you know a broken metatarsal for Beckham or, or whatever, or, or somebody's disciplinary record going into it, we've got some cracking stories and an insight into the individual. So perhaps if you are not used to watching international football, for example, the family I spoke to this evening, they might pick up the paper or, or tune in on Sky Sports yeah. News and actually see and think, you know <laughs> what, you know, this guy's got something I can relate to. Yeah, it makes, it makes them human, doesn't it? I think I, it's not kind of characters that we resent and think, oh, they've got so much money and there's a suspicion about them and that they're kind of somehow um, deviants or, you know, there can be sometimes negative images banded around. And that, and that distance in the past has grown and then it, it breeds it breeds animal. I mean, stuff from the 1990s stuff, looking back at it and how, and even I remember Euro 92, obviously, mm. with um, Graham Taylor being called Turnip Taylor and stuff. You think the pressure is just to insult the players and the manager and maybe that was a, that's where the hangover has been for like a couple of decades. Maybe now, finally, those barriers are being broken down a bit and it's, it's nice to see. Because even some of the papers, I think the Daily Mirror was saying, go and, 
think their back page was, was obviously a kind of subjective just thing. Saying, go, go and play, yeah. enjoy, enjoy yourself kind of thing yesterday. Yeah. So that's refreshing in a way. Because that's what you want to see is, is part of, you know, go back to that, that boy inside. You just want to see them enjoy it and, and remember that football is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be looking back at Euro 26. There was a paralysis of, Absolutely. of fear. And that's all just in the head, isn't it? That's a perception. That's overthinking it. It's not enjoying it. You're not going to get success. That of course way. it is. It's, you know, it's, it's not moving away from our culture and our beliefs and what we, we can do, but it's adding, um, you know, a twist of, of maybe of what we're not or what we're not used to. So if that means, you know, playing it around amongst the back four for a, a pass or two more and not just lumping yeah. it forward or, you know, um, yeah. hitting him early doors and getting a tackle in and, you know, getting the crowd up, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to win the possession back. But just get, just getting on the ball. Absolutely, guess, yeah. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, one, one word that uh, one of the parents again said to me tonight was, was enjoyment. Go out and enjoyment yeah. because, interesting, speaking to, to Michael Vaughan about how he got his side to prepare for the Ashes. And he said, to, one of the things he said to them was, think about cricket when you played as a 12 or 13 year old. If it rained and you couldn't play, mm-hmm. you'd be in tears. You'd yeah. be in tears because you would enjoy it. And think back to that moment when you played for fun and could enjoy it, and take that out onto the out onto the pitch with you when you're playing in the Ashes, or what you know. It's the same thing. Of course, it's a different level. Of course, there are different pressures. But if you can't bring a certain level of enjoyment and freedom, and you know, to relax when you're playing, then you know you're going to be up against it. You're going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, and that, exactly right. I mean, that's why you fall in love with it. And people talk about the money, and, and but the extrinsic motivation, I don't think, helps your performance. I don't think thinking, "Oh, I'm a great player. I'm, I'm paid a hundred thousand pounds a week or whatever it is, is actually going to enhance it." I think actually just relaxing and, and letting the, your body take over. Because if you play football a thousand million times and you've got great skill, and I think a lot of the England players are talented on, you know, particularly when they free themselves. Sterling's kind of a case in point. I think he's actually, you know, when he overthinks it, he he, he makes mistakes. But actually, but what a season he's had as well. What a season he's had. Yeah. If you can't, if he, if you can't take confidence going into this season, um, then, you know, he's been, he's been fantastic. He's missed some chances, but he's come come away, what is he, 20, over 20 goals in all competitions, isn't he? Yeah. And he's only 21. And I look at Loftus-Cheek and I don't know, it might be a bit exaggerated, but it's interesting watching the documentaries back and, I don't remember this as a time as a kid, but that Gaza was a doubt even to make the squad. Yeah. And obviously he was like 22, 23, similar age to, to Loftus-Cheek. And I just wonder if he could provide that creative element. There's always one, isn't there? There tends to be one that yeah. kind of, or, or, or you know, successes in the past, like Italian 90. And a, a kind of lesser known one is, is Paul Parker, I think, who only made two or three appearances for the, for the English national team before Italian 90. And yeah, he's a good guy. He's great, yeah, he's and he's very keen to come yeah. on, actually. I spoke to him last week. He spoke, I no, mentioned he, he, it'd be good to get his opinion. But, you know, it was a change of formation, but it wasn't just a change of formation when Paul Parker played against uh, the Dutch in the second game of the Italian 90 um, qualifying group. Mm. It was um, a change of position for him. He'd never played right wing back. Yeah, yeah but then he did it, he did, he did and, it really and then, well. So that's interesting. You don't, over, don't, don't have any time to worry which about, is it, per- about it. Perhaps, so, do you know what? Perhaps it. maybe, you know, there might be something in that. I mean, you go back to the to 1990s and, and a, a theme or a, a pattern where we've always struggled is, you know, is the famous or the infamous penalty shootout. Now, going back to our position, uh, our discussion there about the thinking and overthinking things and, you know, what, what plays mm. in your mind. Perhaps we need to go, yeah, do you know what? We're going to face a penalty shootout, but actually there is going to be a spike in nerves, but it's going to be the same for Spain or France or whoever else we're playing yeah. as well. You know, that walk yeah. up from getting that ball under your arm to the penalty spot, 
it's going to be a bit different. Yeah, people people, people ridicule that practicing the walk, but actually, you know, you know what? Yeah. Who know any, anything that could possibly help a little bit, and just get even if you if you fix your head in a certain way that so you, your body remembers that you you have it, your head cocked at a certain angle, so you don't mm. engage and you focus on the penalty spot and you go into your own private world. A bit like the sprinters, you know, when you watch um, Usain Bolt and hundred meter guys, they're just they're, they're there, but they're, they're they're in their own head, right? They're in their zone, and I think sometimes that's what a penalty is. It's kind of a a closed off zone, isn't it? You don't want to let any any thoughts in or any other people's opinions in or the keeper what he says to you. You just kind of want to be in it. And I suppose the more you practice that, surely the the easier it becomes. The pressure will spike. But I guess there's that kind of habitual aspect to it. Will, will do you help. think it's something you can practice, Ed? Do you think it's something? Obviously, you can practice penalties. And well, Lineker was good at penalties, wasn't yeah. he? In the World Cup in '90, he did, he practiced a lot. He said, and he did change his mind. I think towards one of right. Bobby Robson. He was watching him take loads of penalties, and he said, "I think there's a scout. Try- I think there's someone here watching. So you've got to That's do the right. penalties. You're not actually going to do right. a match." Yeah, or yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. Was, uh, but but I think it it must help repeating something over and over again, just so that even so that you can do it in your sleep, so that with that extra pressure, you can still achieve it. If you see what I mean, with a bit of nerves, a bit of tension, yeah. that potentially that you can just kick it into that bottom corner from twelve yards repeatedly. I mean, people talk about missing, don't they? If a keeper makes a great save, I'm not sure. It can be a bit harsh sometimes, especially if the keeper moves before the ball's kicked. Yeah. Something, sometimes you can be a bit over-critical. What you, what you don't really want to do is completely fluff, fluff it and blow it over the bar, do you? Because I guess then you feel like the tension's really got to you. You'd never do that in the park with the, the, the goalkeeper in situation is, I, f- I find, in a, in a penalty shoot, shootout, is, is um, particularly interesting because I, I, I've almost been in the mind previously um, of... You know, if he saves one, great, he's a hero. And if he doesn't, then fair enough. It's, you know, he's not. His yeah. Head. But actually, speaking to uh, Neil Dewsnip, who was the manager of the Toulon winning tournament England team last year. Congratulations, oh, yeah. Sadie Boothroyd as well, by the way, for, for his success yeah. this week. But yeah. Neil took a team over to the tournament last year. And I think they played Ivory Coast in the final in, in, in France. And I was... They mm. won the game on penalty shootout. So my question to Neil was, you know, how did you do it? What did you do? And he said that he gave the goalkeeper, whose who's name escapes from there, but he gave the goalkeeper a, a, a role of, he said, right, I want you to save two penalties. So within <laughs> this five, I want you to save, and he didn't, he saved one, but that was the one that, that pushed them on. Well, Shilton, did, I mean, Shilton, to be fair to him, was quite a small keeper, wasn't he? He was 14. He didn't get near any of the West German penalties, actually, in 90. Yeah. Think, and that, obviously, we think about Waddle and Pierce, but Bodo Ilgner's saving from Pierce made a big difference. And um, there were definitely keepers that seemed to be sort of specialists at, at moving and anticipating. And they studied people, didn't they? I mean, we, the, the Mos- Moscow 2008 Champions League that's right. wasn't that Van der Sar and, yep, and that's Terry, right. wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and also you... the, the, the Chelsea the Chelsea guys had studied that Van der Sar always went one way. Or something. Well, well what right? about Louis Van Harvest? The um, sort of month before he joined Manchester United, he, he took Sillison off, didn't he? And he and he stuck with Crawling yeah. goal for the I think the last minute of extra time, didn't he? Simply because he'd done his research not only on the opposition but on his own team, and he realised that Sillison had never actually saved the penalty. <laughs> So yeah. he thought, yeah. and I remember sat. Well, Schmeichel, Schmeichel didn't save too many penalties. I remember him saving from Seaman in a, a charity he, shield, but despite being did amazing. Did he not save? Oh, I'm going to chuck a span at Did he not save one from Van Basten in Euro 92? He probably did. You're probably right. But just, I don't remember him being as. A, there's some keepers that seem to be particularly adept at. at yeah, no, but... yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, he saved one from Burkamp, didn't he? 
Yeah, you did in ninety ninety nine. Trouble. Yeah, it's definitely kept me But yeah. I, in general, no, I, I, I think you, you, Bob, on. I don't, I can't remember him doing that. But I think the point is that there's just so many. There's no rhyme or reason. We've, we've, we've you know. But the, I mean, the, pre- the pressure thing's interesting. It got to Brazil last time, didn't it? You know, like whooping by Germany in the semi final. Yes, it was quite yeah. incredible to watch, and that, you know, Germany will be there be there again and I don't know it's interesting how Spain respond to that actually because obviously they were one of the favourites I think they always lack they slightly lack a spark despite having wonderful you know passing ability and, and great technicians Brazil I was looking at the night just the, the amazing team and mm. squad they got and the fact that Neymar came back and scored a great goal against Austria and Austria I think they hadn't qualified for the World Cup they'd won eight on the spin before they'd beaten Germany in a friendly yes. yeah. um, as well and they got brushed aside by Brazil I think they conceded five goals under TT in yeah. the entire time yeah. he's been manager and um, scored 40-odd or, or something like that, finished top of qualifying, which is pretty good in, in South America. So um, you kind of think they're looking pretty ominous. Now, look at that group, Switzerland, um, is it uh, Costa Rica and, and Serbia? Yep. So it's not too bad for, for them. You'd to, expect, uh, yeah, I think if you're, you're a Brazilian sport with some of the talent you, you mentioned there and, and Neymar, and, and, and actually perhaps not playing at home, in this tournament, yeah, they might—I won't say—go through a notice, but you know, a bit of that pressure might be off. I mean, they had a lot of bad luck as well, didn't they? they Neymar, yeah, uh, he got the injury, didn't he? I think in the in the last World Cup, um, in mm. one of the one of the latter rounds. Yeah, he, he scored fifty-five goals. He's, he's level with remar- it's, it's remarkable. 20, it, He's 22 off Pelé. I, mean, really, you think, I don't even think of him. I, don't, I think of him as a great player, but I don't think of him... We, we don't even, maybe we're spoiled with Messi and Ronaldo, but you don't think of him as, as that level. But you think he could be Brazil's quite conceivably in the next couple of years. They're all time yeah, top I, I, Exactly. And you can, you know, we go back to 1990. I'm thinking Romario, Babeto, Rivaldo. Yeah. As you said, Ronaldo, number nine, the original Ronaldo. Um, they, yeah. They've had some quite incredible... Um, incredible. I'll tell you what I was asked earlier, actually. He's not even a striker, is he? Really? He's, 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 he's kind of like him. that yeah. forward wide player, isn't he? That kind of drift yeah. in from either side. Um, but yeah, one thing I must ask you, and I've written down to ask you, is who will be the uh, Miroslav closer of this tournament? Who's going who's gonna, <laughs> who's gonna to appear and then kind of disappear, almost like Toto Scalacci or, you know, close? Or the, vet, the, vet, the veteran. <laughs> yeah, who's going to... The, the Rob Jumiller, who do you think is going have you, have you to... Have you got a wild it Mark, card? Mark, or? Mark, Marcus Rashford, Mark, maybe, or well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Not that he'll disappear. I don't think but, he'll start, uh, Rashford. I don't think he'll start. Yeah, he's going to start. Yeah, um, uh, that's a good. That's a good question, actually. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm just trying to think of Spain's squad. Whether there's oh, there's a striker, Costa, isn't there? Diego Costa. Ka- yeah, Cavani's getting a, a lot of shouts. They're in um, a group with Egypt and Russia and Saudi Arabia, I believe. That could be wrong. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, I think. I mean, Cavani. I suppose he's, he's not going to fade into obscurity like or, like Scalacci was. But yeah, I guess he could. Be pretty good. They've got. I mean, they've got. That's people have tipped them as dark horses, haven't they? In terms of, um, obviously, got the boy Suarez if he uh, if he behaves yep. himself, and um, and Cavani and Godin at the back, who's not actually that old. I always think Godin's about forty two because he's he, been around for. He, yeah, I think time, he's the but... only sort of early thirties footballer that, that looks slightly older than me at thirty six. Yeah, he's um, they, yeah, and they got Jimenez at Atletico Madrid, haven't they? Who's cracking who's, partnership. Um, yeah, so that that's. A, I mean, that's. A, I suppose that's a concern for England. Is it's not necessarily that intuitive aspect of it. Because the back three, I think, I've got fond memories of it from the World Cup in 98. That was a great move by Glenn Hoddle. And I think that team was was really good, actually. Yeah. Um, they, won the, they won their first two games in the group, didn't they, in, in that stage? And then they lost to Romania in the third. That's right. Yeah, I think Owen came on and scored, didn't he? And then he, that and meant that he was then granted a 
starting yeah, position the big, in the... They beat Tunisia. England beat Tunisia. That's right. And then beat, they beat, beat Columbia as well. Beckham, because yep. he broke into the team as part, part of that sort of five across the, the midfield. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah. And work with, work with Anderton. But yeah, it's just a three for England. I wonder whether there's a natural left-sided centre-half. Uh, Cahill's I, played there for Chelsea, hasn't he? But... I, I think he'll go... I think he'll go with a with a, with a mix of three things. I think he'll go with a bit of pace in in Carl Walker. I don't think that's his natural position by any means, but I think it's just an it's an insurance that, isn't it? It's like, it looks I, like a I think so. Yeah, I think that you know he's capable if if somebody makes a mistake to to cover and and, and get back in relatively quickly. I think he'll second bit. I think he'll go with experience in Kale. And I think he'll go mm-hmm. with with somebody who's who's comfortable on the ball in John Stone. So I, I, they're my three to 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 start in, in front of Pickford in goal. I think. Um, I'm just trying to see where Lewandowski's playing because he's what's his group? <laughs> Senegal, <laughs> yeah. Colombia, yeah. and uh, Japan. Ed, I mean, there's always one. There's always one though. There's get... always one that comes through and surprises you. Yeah. yeah. But he could get four or five in that group, couldn't he? I think in top yeah. score a golden boot. You think about it, it could. Yeah. It could dazzle. Yeah. No. I mean, Ke- the, the thing about Lineker in '19, you think that the, it was it was Gaza's sort of ingenuity and, and sort of enthusiasm. It was plat. They found that was weird because Robson was the. The England kind of hero, right? The captain yep. through the eighties, and then he got injured, had to go home, and then Platt inadvertently became that kind of goal-scoring key man, getting the goal against Belgium. And you sort of you wonder uh, if, um, if if that, if we'll find a creative player of Loftus Cheek plays, can we get a goal-scoring midfielder? That that might be true. Jesse Lingard or someone potentially. I, I just then... wonder from the bench if somebody like Jamie Vardy, yeah, you know, could perhaps stretch the defence. He, he's not in in the Platt mould. He's not a midfielder. He's very much on the tail of the last man, but. He was making some fantastic runs against Costa Rica, I thought, last week. He was really stretching the defence, really asking questions in behind. Fair enough, he didn't score. But I think if you've got mm-hmm. that, that kind of energy and enthusiasm, you know, there's no such thing as a lost cause when, when Jamie Vardy's on the pitch. You know, if you need a breather and you need somebody to chase down, you know, Va- Va- it's just a great, it's just a great finisher. Of course, he is. You forget some of the go- some of the goals he's scored. He's fantastic, and the variety of his goals, like you say, you know. Um, yeah. So, so he he could he could be one. I don't think he's going to start, but I think you probably had a good shout with Rashford because Rashford um, again probably won't start in my opinion in the opener. Do you think he blows? Do you think he blows, blows hot and cold from United that he has those weeks where he'll go two or three weeks and be electric? It's a cruel. It's a cruel question because you're going you're going to lead me down the. Uh, he's going to lead me down the path yeah, of um, formation and how managers certain managers set up and 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 how other managers allow <laughs> yeah. people to play in the attacking third and how. Yeah. I I think um, with. Any, I remember it with Giggs. Um, I remember it with Michael Owen, as, as you will as well. I remember yeah. um, in in understand who the young players were in in Italian ninety. We didn't really have any young players, but with all young, no, because it's sort of Steve Steve Bull, Steve Bull wasn't it? Division below, but but, but, yeah, but these young players strikers. are going to they're going to have dips in form. You know, and I've, yeah. I've watched Mbappe this year, and he's been he's been incredible for, for the most part. But there have been a few games where he's not quite he's at been, the level, you know, that he's expected. You're going to get that. So, I think if you... He's got a knock as well, hasn't he? He has. Play, that's, maybe Lamar might yeah, play. Yeah, well, it's not a bad sub, is it? It's not a bad no, sub. But, but, no. but, but, but to, back, to go back to that point, I think that if you play someone like Marcus Rashford, you can't expect him to do um, something like he did against Costa Rica every week. You're going to have to have that bit of patience, no. which is why I think he might go for a more team-orientated player um, in, in just getting got, got Rashford. He got he got rushed through a bit, Rashford, didn't he? Because what happened with the Louis van Gaal Europa League coming through? That in a sense, sometimes he makes elementary mistakes like passing. Yeah, passes yeah. Well, we could be watching Will Keane, couldn't we? Pit, was it bench. Will Keane or Michael Keane? One of the one of the Keane brothers was. Yeah, was going to be in there, but um. But, but sometimes I think it was the FA Cup finally just passed the ball off the pitch. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, out that what was... he was doing. He just thought 
Um, it's one of those, but that's sort of like he's still he's still learning in sort of aspects of his game. Haven't quite caught up with the sublime moments that he's got because of his, his pace and skill that he pulls out, the, the, um, the two, which are real top the end. Two players we haven't mentioned it are you know Mr. Ronaldo and, and Mr. Messi. Yeah, I know it's funny, isn't it? I mean, it's difficult with Ronaldo. They're quite quite Champions League final. Obviously, scored bags of goals in the Champions League generally, um, but I suppose the difficulty is for Real Madrid. He's got that kind of bespoke goal scoring position right that they then can feed him with and whoever's playing up there Bale or Benzema and Modric and Cruz can can sort of lay it on a plate to a certain extent and he can burst into life when he needs to but I just wonder with Portugal whether he, his age whether it's it's more responsibility that, that it's harder for him to have an imprint yeah but obviously he did two years ago well yeah, this is it you see we, we're talking about the current European champions uh, and, yeah. and Argentina, who are, who are now managed by by a guy who led Chile to to the Copa America. So, you know, you've got people in control who know what they're doing. You've got the experienced manager at Argentina. You've got Ronaldo, who's obviously won the a European um, and international trophy at the at the last Euro. So yeah. you've got, you know, the, I just feel and hope, and I know we've spoken about it before. I'm just kind of hoping that it, it points in Messi's. Messi's direction. I think probably just to, to keep my dad quiet and say that oh he hasn't won a major tournament yet. You know that, 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 <laughs> that kind of argument. But now that he's George Best, so but but I would like to see to see Messi. I think kind of crowned, um, you, you know, with the, with the World Cup. I think I think that'd be amazing, and I think they would be my tip to. to, to you know, to I think it's, it's interesting because we grew up and I, it was kind of before. Obviously, you talked about Maradona. It was kind of before the, his best was before our time, wasn't it? I don't remember '86. I don't either um, now. And even though. It, he was relatively young, but just that goal against, not the handball goal against England, but the other one was just electric. And to do that on that stage, if Messi could achieve that and score a goal like that en route to Argentina winning the World Cup, you think that would phenomenal cement yeah. his, his, his pace. And there was so, you don't really realise that, all right, Maradona was more kind of muscle bound and slightly stocky, but there's still that real low centre of gravity, the left foot, the finishes. Yeah. There is definite similarities between him and him and Messi in lots of ways, and I think Messi's big issue would be, wouldn't it, is that he's he's been in, and there's a good Napoli team that Maradona was in. He was obviously played for Barca as well, but he wasn't in that kind of one of the greatest of all time teams that no. Messi was. So yeah. he needs that almost that kind of separation to to achieve because he's not going to leave Barcelona is he, as a club, a club. So to do it with Argentina would be the the ceiling point, I suppose, and be able to carry a team that maybe isn't tailored yeah. to, to fit him. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. It's what the manager said that Dybala is going to be just kind of like an understudy, almost as a kind Could of you imagine? Could you imagine? It's not... It'd be nice. Yeah, It'd be I nice, think... wouldn't it? It yeah. would be nice. I mean, Higuain and stuff, they've got, they've got good players, but they got battered by Spain in a friendly yeah. in March with a 6-1 yeah. or something yeah. like that, which was a pretty brutal game to watch. They had to have the ref called that game off early because there was so much animosity. <laughs> too, too much to take. But you go yeah, back to yeah. your point though about Maradona and, and thinking back through tournaments. I kind of mark my memories of, of Maradona. I, I was eight at Italian ninety, so I remember remember him then. But you know, and set up set up Canigia for did. the goal against Brazil, didn't he? Fantastic run in the right. Yeah, yeah. but that. then really don't really remember anything else than nineteen ninety four when the, you know his eyes were popping out of his head and you know, he yeah. came back he from you know I don't know where he's been. He, all of a sudden he was there looking younger than he did four years ago, but obviously he was you know as high as a kite. And I could I don't think he was even that old then because what was he seventeen and seventy eight and he got overlooked. So what was he? He'd have been like thirty three in ninety right. in ninety four. So he wasn't actually that old. It's like Ronaldo's age now, but because he seemed around right. those That's days, interesting. Almost like footballers finished a bit earlier. It's interesting that, isn't it? 
to think if yeah. you know compare and i think that's another thing to to compare the just the shape of the bodies of the of the some of the players um you mean you mentioned the maradona goal there and i, I just think about poor old peter Reed chasing maradona back back, <laughs> back across halfway you know look like us, didn't they? well you look better than me a few weeks ago at the charity match i must admit but um yeah he, well, yeah he's... They, but they didn't they, you know didn't they didn't look like athletes necessarily did their footballers the, have changed the, in the that shape sense. of them is that he's incredible i think i think they yeah. they're um you know, they are to get to the top that level. Game that, game that we played in, you saw Mickey Gray play in that game. And he's still, you know, former Sunderland player, obviously. And he still was so fleet footed and light on his feet. And you think a lot of the players are like that, they're so skinny, but so. Colin Henry. Colin Henry looked great for, I think yeah. he was, is he into his 50s, Colin? He looked fantastic. He must be into his 50s, yeah. He was, yeah. Um, he was in fantastic shape as well. Um, so just say, but I, I saw actually a goal on on YouTube on a, on Twitter this week. It might have been either you or somebody else retweeted Dennis Bergkamp at fifty scoring a goal for an in really an charity game. Have you seen? Did you did you see that? No. So it just just shows. No, because I look, look like an amateur in the uh, soccer game. <laughs> Didn't even really care yeah. about that. Uh, just dropped out, Ed. Yeah, back. I'm back. Good, good, good. Can you yeah. hear me? You're back. Yep, good. Um, I missed the bird camp bit. What, what was the... Yeah. Well, I was now in the match of Shane Cantona coming on because he sort of struggled to find the pace of the game a little bit. And it was uh, strange, to, strange to watch that. Hello. Hello there. We're back. We're back. I told you it was a bit dodgy in Manchester. Oh. Maybe you want to say? Yeah. The, the, yeah, it's not, not the greatest. Okay, let's